friends, you have now entered the Man Cave Podcast with Dan Casper, a podcast where we talk mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other fun topics and conversations. So sit back and join us on this episode of the Man Cave Podcast with Dan Casper. What up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by our good friends from Toys and Ford and Hy-V. Appreciate you tuning into this episode of the podcast. I am your host, Dan Casper. As always, we're going to talk some Brewers after a horrible weekend of baseball for the Brewers, being swept by the Oakland Athletics. Steve Stricker, though, had himself a fantastic weekend, winning the AmFam Championship in. His uh, hometown, his home court, the, the tournament that he helped bring uh, to the area, to the state of Wisconsin, down at uh, University Ridge. So, so uh, Justice Cleveland, sports director extraordinaire from WEAU 13 News, will be joining me to talk about that. Uh, Hudson, my little guy Hudson, is going to be making his debut on the podcast here just for a couple minutes, talking NBA Finals, Game 5 tonight. Who does he have winning this thing? We'll get his thoughts on that. But first... We lead off the podcast talking a little Milwaukee Brewers. Not a good weekend for the crew, and that's just maybe kind of putting it politely here. Getting swept by, record-wise, baseball's worst team. Oakland Athletics now have 17 wins on the season thanks to getting three against the Brewers this past weekend. Heading into that series, they had 14 wins. 14 plus three tells me that's 17, so there you got it. There's your math. Math lesson for the day here. But uh, I don't know what else we could say besides it was just yuck. And it was poo-poo. And whatever word that we want to use to describe that won't get us in trouble on the air. It was bad. It was ugly. And it was inexcusable for this Brewers team. Coming off of that series against Baltimore. Feeling some confidence. Feeling, feeling. All right, let's let's use it. Were they overlooking the Oakland Athletics? I know some of the players said, "No, no, we weren't." You know, using the whole you know, everybody pays attention to the records, and you're just not necessarily watching, and you know, every excuse in the book. But <clears throat> it's hard to look look at this and watch what was going on. And be like, maybe there was a little bit overlooking, or you know, looking past uh, or taking, you know. Overlooking uh, the Oakland A's, they're just a, just a skosh. It's hard not to think that. Because when you have baseball's worst team in your home park for three games and you can't win one of them, that's bad. No, it doesn't matter how you spin it. It's bad. And it's inexcusable. And it can't happen. It was just a bad weekend for the Brewers. Now, the optimistic approach is like, okay, dust it off. Rebound here with two games on the road against the Twins. You're back at AmFam Field to take on the now first place Pittsburgh Pirates for three games. Then you welcome in uh, the, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are right now, in my opinion, the biggest surprise in, in Major League Baseball. I mean, we got a couple of good ones out there, but... When you're talking about the the Arizona Diamondbacks battling it out with the Dodgers for first in the NL West, 
that's uh that's a pretty darn big surprise. I mean, right now you're looking at Arizona, eight and two in their last ten, winners of five in a row. They are three and a half up on the Dodgers in the National League West for crying out loud. How are the Diamondbacks not the biggest surprise in Major League Baseball right now? Yeah, Tampa Bay up there doing their thing. Baltimore still in second in the Hale East. Texas up five over Houston. Texas has spent a boatload of cash the last couple of years. So even without Jacob DeGrom right now, they're putting up some major runs. Their offense has been a key uh, key factor in this whole thing. Miami, you want to put them as one of the biggest surprises? Yeah, they're probably their top two, top three, second place in the NL East. But the Diamondbacks sitting there at 40 and 25. You know, you're thinking, okay, let's get some confidence rolling. We got a, we got a, got an interesting stretch of games coming up here at our home park. The crew and you lay an egg against the Oakland Athletics. It was bad. It was. I don't know what what else do you say about this, about this series. Willie Thomas saying people just see the records, but they don't watch the games. The ace pitchers they were executing every pitch in this series. If you go and watch the at-bats against their starting pitcher, he was painting every pitch. He was going corner to corner, uh, up, change up, slider. They pitch really well. They're big leaguers. They're big leaguers for, uh, they're here for a reason. They executed this series, and we didn't. Here's another mark that's going to be always attached to the Brewers all season long until they shut it up. And change this narrative that they got going out there. This was from Kurt Hogg, who covers the the Brewers for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, though. The Brewers have faced 19 true lefty starters, excluding, you know, those openers, initial outgetters, or whatever you want to call them. So they have faced 19 true lefty starters 15 times now. They have gone at least five innings. And allowed no more than two earned runs. That's it. Whatever voodoo thing that the the Brewers or the teams have, left-handed pitchers have over over the Brewers. Brewers can't figure it out. I don't know. They need a little Joe Boo in the clubhouse. They need to sacrifice a live chicken or or what? Wake up the bats. Something. But they got to figure out that left-handed pitching issue because oh, if you're a team facing the Brewers and you've got a stack of left-handed pitchers, why wouldn't you be throwing them out there? You got a must-win series. You got a must-win game. Throw out your left-handed pitcher because you know what? Brewers can't hit them for crying out loud. That's a wild number. Brewers have faced 19 true lefty starters. And 15 out of those 19 times, those pitchers have gone at least five innings and allowed no more than two earned runs. Inexcusable. Pathetic. You ain't going to win a lot of games with that. I mean, for crying out loud. What are you you doing? Now teams, I mean, if they haven't done it already, some are. You can kind of see it's pretty obvious, but... You know, the deeper you get in the season with 
playoff spots on the line and positioning and all that, yeah, they're gonna, opposing teams are going to line up their starters to really exploit that number from the Brewers. Why wouldn't you? You'd be dumb not to. I saw that yesterday when I was posting. I'm like, oh, my Lord. Goodness gracious. Now, every team's not going to be able to throw out every single one of, of their left-handed pitch. That's just not going to happen. Right now, when you're looking at this this series with the Twins, this two, quick two-game series, Brewers are going to be going up against a couple of right-handers here. But can darn toot in that if there's teams that have the option to put up multiple left-handed pitchers, starting left-handed pitchers, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. So we're under 100 games left now in this regular season, believe it or not. 96 left to go here. And you're starting to hear some more chitter-chat about teams that should go all in at the trade deadline. Trade deadlines, we still got about, what, a month and a half? August 1st there. So, But you're starting to hear, you know, these teams should be buyers these teams should go all in or these teams should start selling or or be sellers and you got this this brewers team here now who's 34 and 32 one game behind the the pittsburgh pirates for first place and and we got time to figure this out i've mentioned already but i'm looking at the all-star break last game before the all-star break is, is july 9th here so under a month now Maybe kind of that that benchmark of when you figure out what you should be doing. Whether they are going to be buyers or whether they are going to be sellers. And and right now, I'm just, I'm really confused. I'm really undecided on, on what the Brewers should do. If we had to make a decision now, which thankfully we don't. We have plenty of time to, but let let's say like if the trade deadline was this week, let's say it's in a couple of days here or something like that, later on this week, and you had to decide what the uh, what the Brewers needed to do, I'd be like, I have no idea. On one hand, you can be like, okay, this division is clearly up for grabs. No one is running away from this thing. It's gone back and forth. Pretty much the whole season between Milwaukee and, and Pittsburgh. The Cardinals are still eight ba- eight games back from first place, sitting there at 27-39, yet I feel like there's still a lot of teams, or maybe some teams still like, still don't count out the Cardinals. Just, just don't. Don't do that. They could go on a run. Even though they're dead last in the division, everybody's still, I feel like, looking over their shoulder, catching, you know, making sure they're they're keeping tabs on on the cards over there. But I just I I wouldn't know what to do, you know. On, on one hand, you've got okay, make a run, just get to the postseason. It's a completely different season. We've seen it how many times those teams make those runs. They get to the World Series. Philly last year, Washington, you know, the Nationals a couple years ago when they lost that wild card game to the Brewers. That was a few years ago now. Anything can happen in the postseason. Like, okay, you know, maybe just if, if they're in that position, you had to decide now. Like if the trade deadline was like now, this week, grab a couple arms, maybe another bat or two, and let boom, let's roll the dice and see what happens. 
you know, we only got maybe our starting pitchers for another year, maybe even this is their last year, talking like Corbin and, and Brandon Woodruff. William Adams, who knows what, what his long-term future is going to be like for, for the Brewers and Brewers, maybe looking at like, okay, you know what, we got, you know, like a Bryce Terang who could play shorts, was sent back down the other day, you know, over the last week with Luis Urias back up and such. We got we got uh, younger options, so maybe part of it is like okay, let's maybe try to go for a little bit more. But we're not going to trade our top prospects, but we're going to do some things to bolster up a little bit here and there. Not a big bolster up, you know. We're not going to be acquiring this, you know, multi, you know, huge this, this player that's going to like cost a boatload of cash or prospects or anything like that. But we're just going to do a little bit, just a little bit, and see if we can get on that little bit of a run. On the other side, it's like, do you sell and be like, okay, let's start the, <laughs> I hate, I don't want to say rebuild, um, start to retool earlier, or do you just kind of stand pat and like roll the dice and see what you get, see what see what pops up? And honestly, I kind of feel like that might be the. If I had to make one, which thankfully we don't, we've got plenty of time left here. But you know, I I read the 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 articles MLB.com or CBS Sport or wherever. It's like, oh, these you know trade candidates here. These these players could be on the move, or these teams should make a move for this, that, the other thing, or this person, all that. And I look for okay, do they have the they got the Brewers anywhere? Do they have the Brewers? You know being a buyer for this player or they think that they should be sellers is, is Corbin Burns is there any more rumors about him possibly being moved and 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 part of a trade package before the before the deadline on August 1st I read them you read them we all pay attention to that but I'll tell you right now I'm just I'm confused with what what to do right now I'm glad I'm not Matt Arnold because uh, you look at it on paper and it's like, okay, we got Corbin Burns. Hasn't maybe pitched up to the Cy Young expectations we've had this year, but you know what? Still still a solid pitcher. We know what Freddie Peralta can do. Yeah, we've been hit with the injury bug with Brandon Woodruff and, and Wade Miley. Let's just tread some water until those guys are back. Once they're back, that's kind of like making a trade in itself because you're getting those guys back in your rotation. It's like, all right. Bolstering up the starting rotation. All right, that's 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 a plus. But then you're just like looking at this offensive lineup, and you're just kind of scratching your head. Like, what what else do we do? Where else where else do we make some some upgrades? Now maybe Jesse Winker coming back from his rehab down in and uh, with the triple. I know he's been hitting some dingers down there. Maybe he can get into a groove and and finally hit to the level that. Brewers fans and, and the Brewers themselves were kind of expecting. Maybe. Possibly. It's what if. I mean, right now, is it is it fair to say your your best offensive, maybe most consistent offensive player this year for the Brewers has actually been Yelly? Christian Yelich? Is it is it fair to say that? I mean, team leader in average, two fifty eight. 
Got 26 RBIs. The leader in the clubhouse is Brian Anderson at 32. Home runs, he's at 8. Leader in the clubhouse is Roddy, Roddy Telez at 12. Just a few back there. OPS, number 1, 757. Christian Yelich. On base percentage, number 1, Christian Yelich, 354. I mean, is it fair to say that Christian Yelich right now has been the Brewers' most consistent offensive player right now? He's scored the most runs with 44. I think it's fair to say that. That's not necessarily a knock on on, on Yelich or, or such, but it's like, here we are. Maybe maybe it's more of a, a narrative of like, hey, the, offense, the rest of the offense has to help out Christian Yelich now. I don't know, but whew. it's a head-scratcher. But thankfully, I know the articles and the blogs and talking points, they're going to be you know, increased day by day, week by week, up until August 1st, about whether these teams should be buyers, whether these teams should be sellers, or... You know, this player could potentially be available by the deadline. You know, Corbin Burns is probably going to be the biggest name attached out there for the Brewers as potentially as as a seller out there. But again, if you're still in the hunt for the division, for a playoff spot, even though you're kind of hovering around 500, you stand pat, you may even maybe even make a couple moves and like okay we're we're about 500 we're a couple games over 500 but we're in this thing we'll make a couple of smaller moves out there and maybe that's just a little bit of a spark not a big spark but just a little bit of a spark that can help us get on a run in September into October as the playoffs start to begin Good thing we got 96 more games left in this regular season and about a month and a half left until the trade deadline here. But get ready. We're going to see more talking points all out there. So, All right, making his segment debut on the Man Cave podcast, the little man, my little man, Mr. Hudson. Uh, we got the NBA Finals tonight, Game 5. The Nuggets have won three games. The Heat have won one game. Hudson, who do you think is going to win tonight? Is it going to be the Nuggets, or do you think the Heat are going to win? Nuggets. Can you say that a little bit louder? Nuggets. Why do you think the Nuggets are going to win tonight? Move a little closer to the mic there, big boy. Chewing on his gummies right now. Why do you think the Nuggets are going to win tonight? Because they have better players than the Heat. They have better players than the Heat? Okay. Who's the Nuggets' best player? Is it Jokic? Jokic over there? Who's been the best player, do you think, for the Heat in this series? Yeah, I'm Bam asking. Bam Adebayo. Who was that? Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo? You, okay, so you're looking at his numbers. He's in his last three games here. 20 points, 22 points, 21 points. So... You may not be too far off on that. He's actually almost had a double-double in every game. In fact, on June 9th, he had 20 points and 11 rebounds. June 7th game, he had 22 points, 17 rebounds. And then on uh, June 4th, 
he had uh, 21 points and, and nine rebounds. So there you go. So you got the Nuggets winning tonight in five games, huh? You think the Nuggets are – you don't think the Heat are going to win tonight? All right. So what else uh, in the NBA? You got any more NBA insight analysis? I mean, who's the best team in the NBA right now, do you think? Get a little closer to the mic if you're going to talk. The Nuggets. Okay, well, that's an easy answer, the Nuggets, because they're going to win the championship. So who's the second best team? The Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks. Who do you think is the best player for the Milwaukee Bucks? Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Who's the second best player? That has to be Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. I kind of like Drew Holiday too. Do you hope they keep? Do you hope the Bucks keep Drew Holiday this year, for for next year? Do you hope they keep Chris Middleton? Yes. Do you think they should trade, or or I should say, do you think they should bring back Brooke Lopez, or should they find somebody else? Brooke Lopez. Bring back Brooke Lopez over there too. So, so if we had to go. Giannis, Drew Holiday, who's the third best player for the Bucks? Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis. I have to say Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen, okay. All right, so there you got it. There's a few minutes of wisdom from Mr. Hudson himself. We're going to get more out of him after he gets a little bit more experience here. So, Have you started planning your summer vacations yet? Making that checklist of things you need to do before that vacation? Now let me ask you the next question. Are you confident your vehicle can handle that road trip that you're planning? If you hesitated, the answer is no. So here's what you do. Just visit Toys and Ford and check out their new and used inventory to upgrade that vehicle of yours. Or you can schedule an appointment with their service center to get your vehicle ready for that road trip. Make your vacations this summer more memorable with the help from Toys and Ford. Summer is a busy time. Holidays, vacations, get-togethers, which also means you're going to need a lot of food. So you need a go-to place you can trust that has the widest selection of products with the best prices and the best fuel saver program in the Chippewa Valley. That's Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. From their meat department, deli, bakery, and more, Hy-Vee has you covered for all those get-togethers and vacations for this summer. Plus, save more money for your vacations with their epic fuel savers program. Make it a memorable and epic summer with the help from Hy-Vee. The run that Steve Stricker is on right now for for 2023, how you know I know it's a couple weeks away. How's he not going to win this U.S. Senior Open in his home state at uh, at uh, Century World and such? I know you just golfed there for for Media Day a few weeks ago and such, but you know he wins the Am Fam last week. He he's I was looking at the numbers earlier this morning in the first hour, JC. The guy so far in in, in Champions Tour events hasn't finished lower than tied for eighth this year. <laughs> He is on a fantastic, and then you break a Tiger Woods record of consecutive rounds under par. Anytime you break a Tiger Woods thing, you know that 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 deserves a tip of the cap there too. But Steve Stricker, is it fair to say, is playing some of the best golf he's ever played throughout his entire career right now? I would say once he turned after he turned forty, I don't think it, I, you you kind of be hard to press to find somebody who uh, has had a career forty forty five even you know mm-hmm. like that he's done. Because like the tail end of his um, PGA career, he was playing his best golf. I mean, this is a guy who nearly lost his card. Yeah, in, in his thirties, you know, he, he he was taking special qualifiers, just barely hanging on, and then it just kind of turned around. And the next thing you know, you know, he ends up winning twelve times on the PGA Tour, and now has won fifteen times, I believe, on the yeah. the Champions Tour. It's been amazing, and it, I think he's, you know, I think you got to. Put him in consideration for the World Golf Hall of Fame at this point Damn, for what he's done. Completely agree. Yep. And, and he's a Ryder Cup captain who 
won, you know, <laughs> led the team to a champion, a title. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after that, people forget he got really sick. Yeah. Right after the Ryder Cup and, you know, was on the verge of death and then came back, you know, six months later in his winning tournament. So it has been amazing. He is so fun to watch out there. He is so steady. I mean, he, that swing that he has. It's I it's sustainable forever. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing is there's no wasted movement. Everything is so fluid that I don't think it puts too much, you know, strain on his body. He's so good with his wedges. He's such a, he's one of the best putters. I mean, if Tiger Woods is coming to you mm-hmm. for putting lessons, there's something to say about your skill with that. So, yeah, I it, it's been amazing. You, you know, coming up now with the senior US Open at Century World in a week, what two weeks now. Yeah. He'll have. I mean, he's got to be the favorite coming in. Mm-hmm. This is a, he won a state. He won a state WIA state title at that course. Now, granted, that was well, just a couple years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it has changed because it's changed in the twenty-five years since I went to school. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's got to be the favorite. You know, the tough thing though is this is a that's a four-round title championship, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. You know, these two are it's two rounds mm-hmm. to maintain for four rounds. It's going to be tricky, but I think he'll be able to score on that course just from, you know, walking out there, not saying that I played at any, anything near what they can do. The, the scoring opportunities are going to be there mm-hmm. for those players, and I think Steve Stricker, if he can just do what he does, and that's, you know, hitting great wedge shots in and sticking it 10 feet away and then making the putts, he's going to have a big chance there. But it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a really fun tournament with the, the amount of talent that will be there trying for that title. You know, you went to, you went to college at, at Stevens Point, UW-Stevens Point. Just how big of an event is this for for the U.S. Senior Open coming up in a couple of weeks for that area? I mean, I spent some time, I lived in Plover for a couple of years when I worked in, in Rapids and such, but you went to school there. You're more familiar with, with the area. Just how big of an event is this for, for that area? Oh, I think it's huge, if not one of the biggest events, biggest sporting events I think that you know, they'll, they'll have. It really is. This is going to be a huge event for Stevens Point because, you know, Wisconsin is a is a golf hub, and when you hear that there's a tournament summer in Wisconsin and a big time tournament, you're going to sell the tickets, and I think they're going to just come in in droves to this. I think this is going to be because you know, I watched the PGA, the Senior PGA, and the you know, the crowds are fine, mm-hmm. but it, that was over in California where there's. I think there's a lot more things. You're not in a bubble, but Stevens Point's basically in a bubble for this championship. Central Wisconsin getting a, a major, even if you know you can say, well, it's a it's a senior. It, that's awesome. It's not going to happen very often. Yeah, there is going to be people there in droves. I think it's going to be fun. And you know, when they had the uh, senior, they had it at Whistling Straits, I believe. The senior, um, I don't know if it was a senior. It was a senior PGA because it was the P- they, they broke a record there for like the amount of people that were there. So I think this is going to be the same thing. And if you see the excitement that is at the AmFam, yeah. For you know a regular tour stop, just think about having a major tour stop for the Champions Tour. It's yeah. I don't. I think I'm not. It's not hyperbole when I say this will probably be one of the biggest sporting events to ever happen in Central Wisconsin. And I got to imagine it. It probably helps knowing that one of the favorites, if not the favorite, is a Wisconsin guy, Steve Stricker. Oh no! This couldn't be better. I mean, this is like this. This is as good as it gets. And the fact that Jerry Kelly will more than likely be battling with him. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy who won last year, Patty Harrington, is is an international name and a big name and a very likable name. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the amount of personalities you're going to get there for this is it's going to be awesome. So, yeah, if you're if you're on the fence about going to it, I know it sounds like I'm selling, but I am. I mean, this is going to be, and the course there is perfect for spectators. 
if you've ever played it, you know everything's kind of bunched together in a good way. Mm-hmm. It's not widespread where there's like a definite front and back when you're you know you have to walk so far to get to one. Everything's kind of right in there that you'll be able to walk from these different holes and get to see a whole lot of action. So, yeah, and and, and with the Champions Tour, it, it gives you a little more access because it's not as I feel like not as bunched in and they're not as you know keeping people away like they do with the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. This is a chance to see these guys that you've been watching for years up close. So I think it's going to be cool. And that's something that uh, was a couple weeks ago we had Mark Rolfing on from NBC Sports and he was at Century World and we were talking to him. And he mentioned the one thing he really brought up, kind of what you were saying, he was talking about the parking. You know, like when you park, it's like right there. You're, you're right there in front of everything. It's right there. Yeah, you you just get out of your car and you see everything. You've got the, the hotel of the inn is right there, the center, and, and then there's the course. And it, it really is. It's kind of like a panoramic look. You can see pretty much the whole course. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is going to be it, it's going to be a really good showcase, and they've been working for years. I mean, to to get something like this at at Century World, I mean, I I can remember, you know, being back in college and them saying they wanted something like this. So I think this is a it's very big for them. You know what made me feel really old though watching the AmFam Championship this past weekend was seeing Justin Leonard uh, in there yeah. setting the the first round record. I'm like, oh my goodness, he's in the he's in he's playing that. I you know I. I remember watching him as a kid, and now I'm like, okay, now I feel kind of old seeing Justin Leonard. You know, no offense, I'm not trying to pick on him, but I'm like, holy moly, Justin Leonard. All right, set also, <laughs> Justin Leonard looks like he's like still in his 20s. Yes, exactly. Like he's just very youthful. But I mean, that's another point is like all these guys that we were watching in the late 90s, mm-hmm. early 2000s now are, are on this tour. Yep. And that's what makes it so fun is that you're going to, like, there's going to be a memorable name. You're going to see, and it's an open, it's a U.S. open. So that means you're going to have that chance for somebody to make, you know, an Amer- an amazing run. Well, look at the PGA Championship, qualifier. right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, if you get a qualifier that somehow makes a run, that, I mean, that that's a great story too. So, yeah, I mean, it, everything's leading up to it. I mean, again, if you're Century World, you've got to be just happy to see what happened this weekend with Steve Stricker because it really does build things up. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in, and big thanks to Hy-Vee and Toyson Ford for being our sponsors. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and we'll talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast couple of quick reminders for you. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to the Man Cave Podcast on your favorite podcasting platforms like Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can leave us a voice message, whether it's a comment, analysis, or a question for a question and answer segment. Just get that link in the podcast description. Also, Don't forget to rate and review the podcast if you haven't done so already. This helps other people find the Man Cave Podcast. And be a friend and tell a friend about the Man Cave Podcast. Until the next episode, I'm Dan Casper, and thank you for listening to the Man Cave Podcast.